Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. If we all said right here, after putting this team together, said for six months, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to come back in the best shape of my life. I'm going to dive into this. I expect them to give me six months of just everything you got, and then we'll regroup after that. Tell me what else you got to do for six months. For the rest of your life, you'll never forget this. Be part of history of the Jaguars. And the stadium's awesome. Jacksonville's awesome. Now we got to win some damn games. Oh, in TV terms, that's what we like to say, a great soundbite. We're back. Jaguars drive time. I missed you guys. Hi. Hi. John Ogier, Brian Sexton, Ashlyn Sullivan back here with you for the first Jaguars drive time of the official 2021 season. That was the last episode of The Hunt. If you did not spend your summer vacation watching it, go to Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, and check it out. They did a great job. Yeah, kind of sad it's over. Very well done. Well, there's a lot more story to tell. It's just it going to be told is. in a different way. Very true. Yeah, kudos to the gang. Kudos to Max Hockman and the gang for the hunt. Yes, they uh, did a great job. job. I will have you know that John Ozier walked in here this morning and said that this is his year. He is going to be better than up. ever. Things are looking up for old John, yeah. I'm very happy for yeah. you. You want to elaborate on that? No. Because <laughs> no. okay. you elaborate, then you jinx it. Exactly. Well, training camp coming here shortly, starting on Wednesday, and that leads us right into big things. Let's just go ahead and do it. Big thing one is it's here. Training camp is here. Starts Wednesday on the field. Practices open to the public Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's here, and, and it's real this year. And the point we're trying to make here is that last year, it was just odd. Training camp was a really odd time. There weren't fans in the stands. So we're finally getting somewhat back to normal this year, and fans will have the chance to watch this guy. Trevor Lawrence for the first time, as well as head coach Urban Meyer, run a training camp practice, and you will have the chance starting on Thursday. Big thing, too, is it's still here, and this kind of brings us to the point, while, yes, it's a little bit back to normal, it's still not completely normal, and that is because what you're seeing on this screen, which is a contact tracer, COVID is still very much a thing, and the NFL is following the rules, as well as here, of, of how they can keep players safe as much as possible so we'll do the best we can but it's not completely back to normal and i have a feeling that's kind of how this season's gonna go and finally big thing three is what's still to come we have a lot of questions of how training camp will be run and if off-season programs are any indication it's going to be fast it's going to be intense and there's going to be a lot of competition for us to view this is one of the most monumental off-seasons in jaguars history brian and so much of what's still to come is this guy's decision, head there coach have, Urban Meyer. There have been, I mean, the most monumental offseason in their history. I mean, I'm not counting before 1995 when they were building the whole thing. That was important. Uh, but, you know, in 2003 when they changed coaches and brought Jack Del Rio in and, and shifted from Tom Coughlin, well, that was a seismic shift, but not like this one. Mm -hmm. I think the most remarkable thing is that 1 in 15 is really – really bad and normally as a team is attempting to claw away from that there's a stigma attached to it there's it's you talk about the muck that this franchise has been in you, you get one foot out and then there's you know you're still trying to pull the other one out and then the other one gets stuck and now this year 
I mean, no one's even thinking about what 1 in 15 was. It's not a hangover. It's not something lingering over. And I think in large part it's because of Urban Meyer and the way that he's come in and gone way out of his way to change everything he can mm -hmm. that has any stigma attached to what was. And it now is about what is. And that's really the question. What is it? We find out on Wednesday. Well, I've spent time in the muck, Shalane. And, and yes, you it, have. It's hard to get out. Yeah. <laughs> and the point is, the reason it's hard to get out of the muck in the NFL is you're in the muck and then you draft a quarterback number seven and he's not quite the right guy and then you're back in it. Well, the muck changed when uh, Trevor Lawrence got drafted. Um, I, to me, Brian, I've said since day one of Urban Meyer, this feels like 95 to me. It does. In the sense that everything's new. And to your point, you're exactly right. Nobody's talking about the past. In 95, there was no past. Right. But I think the reason nobody's talking about the past is as close as you can get to feeling like an expansion team, this team does. But they have the advantage over that of already having guys like Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. They already have guys like uh, Brandon Linder, DJ. You know, they already had a core of players so there is a feeling that it can get better than an expansion team really fast. Well, let's go back. I, I think we talked about this last year. 2020 was a good year to be a bad team because the possibility existed that you could flip it quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about record, right? Because we can debate what the record is or what it should be or what it could be. I'm talking about the storyline is now Trevor Lawrence and the future and not, as you just mentioned, well, is Byron Leftwich capable of being a frontline quarterback? They drafted this kid, Blaine Gabbert, and he played in the shotgun most of the time, but he looks the part. Or here's Blake Bortles, who took UCF. Right, other quarterbacks they drafted. They've totally flipped at the script. Last year was a good year to be a bad team. Strategically speaking, man, they have set themselves up right now to take this thing in a completely different direction. And let's be honest, they probably don't have Urban Meyer as their head coach if they don't have that guy. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. I think, I think he hasn't said it. I think it's really fair to assume that's the case based on his previous comments. This is a perfect situation to start things in. Mm -hmm. To start things. Not perfect when you look at the roster. There are places that you find holes and things that need to be fixed. But it is a perfect situation for this franchise to have the quarterback and the coach aligned. And the coach's attitude, as you saw in that tease, you know, now we got to go win some damn games. There's nobody that disagrees with that. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And you look at those holes, and we're going to talk about some of those holes on this show this morning. And, and there's so many questions, but now is the time when you start figuring that out. Like, the biggest question I had throughout this offseason is, did they do enough on the defensive line to stop the run this season? Now is when we kind of start finding that out. If they are going to be competitive in training camp, do you feel a little bit better about that going into this month now? I think you're going to feel a lot better in training camp at the defensive line because it's going to look right. They did – I thought they did as much as they could in that mm -hmm. area. I thought overall in the offseason they did as much as they could. It's difficult to fix all holes in the NFL sure. because sometimes you have to fix holes through the draft because free agents – that you really want to fix holes aren't available. Defensive line is a perfect example of that nobody's giving up Aaron Donald. Right. You have to draft that guy and develop it within the framework of what they could do in one off season. They did. We start finding out what they're going to be able to do. To me, I still think big thing two is really fascinating because I, before you go there, go can I touch a big thing? What, what I guess you were you just can. talking about real <laughs> quick. Yeah, I need to real quick. It's important that people remember you don't have to draft. Um, Derek Brown, the big kid from Auburn, or the big kid from Alabama, whose name I forget, who went in the second round this year. Barmore. Uh, right, Christian Barmore. You don't have 
you could be better against the run without those guys. I mean, go get Malcolm Brown. Uh, uh, Devon Hamilton is improved this year. Scheme-wise is different. They can be dramatically improved against the run without having filled it with big names. Now, you, you like to hit on an Aaron Donald and what that does for you. But this run defense has the potential, despite the fact that people say, well, Malcolm Brown was the first-round pick of the Patriots and the Saints traded him, so how good? Forget all of that. It's what Joe Cullen does with them and what he asks them to do that will determine whether they're better. And the possibility still exists they can be dramatically better. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to Big Green Tape. I just I had something to say. <laughs> um, I, it still feels, and a big thing too is about the COVID and, mm -hmm. and how it's uh, still here. A couple of months ago, it felt like this was going to be pretty normal. Totally. Um, now it feels like it's going to be, as you alluded to in the beginning, Shalyn, more normal. But it still feels like there's going to be navigating to do. Well, and, the question uh, last year was, would they get sick? And the question this year is, will they get the vaccine? Right. I mean, that's the really interesting part mm -hmm. right now, John, is because you have a few teams that are well up above that 70% or is it 80% threshold? 85% threshold. you got a lot of teams that are a long way from it. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm sure you saw the story uh, that they're going to use different color wristbands in a lot mm -hmm. of NFL franchises to identify, besides the mask who is and who isn't and how you bring these guys together. And, and you know, you read any of the national columns this morning and they're talking about vaccine, vaccine, mm -hmm. vaccine. Heck, how about Rick Dennison and the story that broke last week that he was going to part ways, the longtime defensive coach, with the Vikings because he didn't want to get the vaccine. And then bang, bang, there were a couple of other coaches that did the same thing. The vaccine is the interesting story this year because you can't mandate that somebody get it, right? Um, and yet the league is is they're coming as close as they can to mandate. You're making they're it incredibly difficult. Circumstantially, mm -hmm. they are creating circumstances where you're thinking, why don't I just get the stupid vaccine and be done with this? Some people won't ever feel that way. I would be the guy that says, I'm just going to get it because I want to take the mask off, which yeah. is why I did it in the first place, right? Um, but there will be players that will finally go, God, I'm tired of not being able to leave the hotel. I'm tired of not being able to eat with my teammates. I I'm tired of wearing this mask around. They'll go ahead and get it. And the biggest thing to me, if I'm a player, is the financial implication. Now that the new rules that came out last week, if you force your team to forfeit a game and it turns out that it is because of an unvaccinated player, the team is liable. Mm -hmm. And me, myself, being an unvaccinated player, am liable. When you start bringing in the wallet, that's a whole different story. Or your other teammates, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I dig you guys, <laughs> but if you start costing me money, it's and, different. Well, that's how it goes. I like you <laughs> yeah. Right? That's why those are, they're there. All right. Yes, so COVID still very much is here, doing the best to navigate it as best we can. I wonder how much the fans will feel it. Yeah. I mean, the number of open practices has been declining over the years anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that there's, what, four or six or however many are open, that's not a sign of COVID to me. And then you're going to have people in the stands, as best we can tell, Massless. here, yeah. right? Um, so they necessarily won't feel it. You know, it'll feel like back to football for them. I'm wondering if the fans will, will come into contact with this and feel like it's different with COVID. And we won't know until we get into the season. Yeah, I think the only way that happens is if all of a sudden these other strains come back and you feel, you know, there's stories now of more businesses sanitizing. Uh, so if, if that continues as a trend and somehow that comes back and touches fans, you know, you hope it doesn't. Well, then I think that's the only way the fans would feel it. And I think maybe it, players it, would. It, so Los Angeles if and, and, and L.A. has locked back down. So right. if L.A. says, well, we're not doing stadium thing this year, 
how does that impact the league? Right. You're talking yeah. to people over on the hallway over here. Well, they could ask us just to refund, and we could all have to go back to what would be you know fair numbers. Yeah. I mean, there's so there are some variables where the fans might feel it. But as of right now, place is going to be sold. A lot of tickets have been sold, mm-hmm. and they're planning on a lot of people being there. So I don't know if the fans feel the COVID effect of it. Um, other than, I guess they can't stand in line and get autographs this year after practice like they had in years past because they're trying to still keep players at a distance. You cannot high-five Trevor Lawrence. And okay. that goes for you, not John. Not this year. That is right. not allowed. Not this You've year. You've been noted. I, I tried to high-five him before. and It didn't go well. He stood me up. It's fine. <laughs> All right, and that is big things. When we come back, some of those camp battles we were just talking about right here on Jaguars Drive Time. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. By Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That sound is every driver's worst fear. How much will the repairs cost? Is it your engine, your transmission, or worse? A car breakdown could cost you thousands to repair, but not if you have CarShield. CarShield administrators pay your claims directly to the mechanic or dealer of your choice, saving you time and money. Call CarShield today before your next breakdown. Call 800-471-1223. 800-471-1223. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, brought to you by Jet Home Loans, our first show official of the 2021 season as we begin training camp this Wednesday. Players are back in the building. Media day tomorrow. It is a busy week and it is never too early to start looking at sub-camp battles. This is one of the most interesting parts of training camp. You got 90 guys going for 53 spots and we will warn you it's a bit big picture today. We will get in the weeds on this come week three of training camp. When you look at those 89, 90th spot, we're going big picture because we have to today. In this position, safeties is one of the most interesting on the team. Who is going to play alongside Rayshon Jenkins, we assume, Brian? Well, look, I I think if if Andre Sisco is healthy, based Mm -hmm. on what we heard from this coaching staff when they drafted him in April, it would be him. Uh, And certainly his numbers and his performance in Syracuse would say, just put him in and let's go. Rookie safeties, especially with a veteran like Rayshon Jenkins next to him, he'd be just fine. Um, at least I think he would be just fine. But in the interim, there's two guys to, to watch. One is Jared Wilson, who's been around here for a couple of years, got into the lineup in late 2018, if you recall, in a game in Miami and played really well. 
solid guy. Smart guy, gets guys in position. Limited athletically. I mean, he's not elite, which is why he was undrafted. But he's a good player. Now you also have Daniel Thomas, who before he got hurt and broke his forearm in the Steelers game last year, he had about a five-week stretch where it was Daniel Thomas, Daniel Thomas. I mean, he was making six to eight tackles a game. He was in position to make plays. I forget, was it an interception that he made or was it a fumble recovery that he scored on and broke his arm? Um, fumble recovery. Yeah. In the, yeah. In, in, so, I mean, this is a guy who I think, sixth-round pick, so not a lot of expectations, but he came on during his time on the field. So until Andre Sisco is ready to go, I, I know people know Jared Wilson and they're comfortable with Jared Wilson. I'm comfortable with Jared Wilson. But watch out for Daniel Thomas because if he can pick up where he left off, he was an ascending player before the injury ended his season. Yeah, I get a lot of questions about depth. And mm -hmm. usually in the NFL, depth is a little bit of a myth uh, because usually you have your starters and then after that, it usually drops off. It's just tough in free agency to have, to have a lot of depth. Um, but I think an argument can, made, can be made that this Jaguars team has a chance to be deeper, and this is an example of where. Jared Wilson is, is a good NFL player who, by the time he's done, will probably get eight or nine years in. Sure. And if you talk to the coaches last year, they loved Jared Wilson because you knew where he was going to be. He was not going to make mistakes. He was going to be able to get the guys lined up. That's what you want as your swing safety or, or as your third guy. It feels like they've got a chance to have more of that on the team this year, more guys like that. At the same time, the cynic would say, well, they were 1-15. Mm -hmm. If a starter is depth, well, he's then the how guy. good are they really? But this is a case where I think Jared Wilson makes this safety group. Yeah. You feel much safer about it going into the season because he's there. Well, you'd feel good with either one of those guys as your starter if they have a good camp, and both of them are likely to be backups before this season is over. So that that's what you to, want. That yeah. plays to the depth issue there. But yeah, they can't wait to get Andre Sisco in the lineup mm -hmm. yeah. when and he's think, healthy. Yeah, I think it's a little... I, a lot of times you hear Jared Wilson and you hear, oh, well, he's just a guy. And at times I think that's a little unfair because yes, he was undrafted, but so reliable. He played every single defensive snap in 2019. So... well. That comfort level, it means let's, something. Let's define this, right? Just a guy on an NFL yeah. field is exceptional, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but he's a guy, and he knows this because he was undrafted. Every year they're trying to find somebody to replace him, whether it's a free agent or whether it's someone in the draft. They've drafted safeties the last two years, and they've signed free agents, right? Sean Jenkins, Daniel Thomas, and Andre Sisco. So if you're Jared Wilson, you know they're trying yeah. to replace you. So when you say he's just a guy, I mean, he's better than any the 95 to 98 percent of the players in the world but you're looking for elite I mean and that's not Jared Wilson he is smart he is tough he is dependable he's a great guy in the locker room but you're always trying to find that guy like Cisco who is a what do you have 13 14 takeaways at Syracuse you're looking for that guy right, right. So you're looking for above the X's and O's guy I think Jared Wilson is a good X's and O's guy yeah Andre Cisco in college was a guy who gave you back the ball Playmaker. that's hard to find right mm -hmm. Going to make it interesting. Yes. Absolutely. All right, John, you have a, a funny one. Well, it, it, it's Walker Little versus the world. I mean, <laughs> and this because is true. It's, it, it seems See like the world. <laughs> he, he can take on, you know, he can leap tall buildings in a single bound, right? Yeah. He, he can save women and children. You know, <laughs> what about dogs? Did I miss something? I mean, <laughs> if the poor Titanic had Walker Little been on the face of the earth, I think they'd have been okay. I mean, it's it, and it, and I kid, but it, it's unbelievable how hyped up uh, Walker Little has become <laughs> since they drafted him. 
and I'm part of it. I I walked out in the field in OTAs. I saw him like. So is he the new Gardner Minshew? Hey, Tony Baselli. Was he the new Gardner <laughs> Minshew? Because a couple years ago, the memes about Minshew sure. versus you know whatever or whoever was well Minshew. Now, and he's Minshew. This is more. This is not poking fun at Walker Little. This no. is poking fun at he everybody, does no wrong at everybody who has hyped him up, including myself, based on one OTA practice. But <laughs> it is Walker Little, I think, versus Cam Robinson and versus Jawan Taylor. And it's fascinating because I think there's going to be a scenario where he starts by the end of the season. But my guess is it's going to be not necessarily beating those guys out in camp. The NFL is about attrition, offensive line, there are injuries. I would guess sometime he'll get his shot when somebody has a high ankle sprain or or whatever is in there and plays so well you can't get him out of the lineup. Uh, Again, if the little family is watching this, this is not a knock on a wall. It is just amusing to me how all of a sudden everybody in the media, based off one OTA practice, has anointed. I think he's going to be great, so I'm doing it again. But <laughs> you are the problem. I'm watching him. The, the, I, I have always been the problem, but I'm really the problem right now. <laughs> the, the, the laundry list of offensive tackles that this team has drafted through its history to try to find the next Tony Baselli, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he may not be Baselli, but he's no Mark Banowitz. But I'm not sure they've had a guy who quite looks like this. No, no, that's, and that's the point. When yeah. you see him, it right? It makes sense. When you see him, there have been big guys here before. Remember Mike Pearson from the University of Florida who was a second-round pick? Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, it was 2001, 2002. You're talking about a big guy, and he looked the part, but he didn't have the skills. When you see this guy, you see his athleticism. You see the length. You see what they call the measurables, right? Mm-hmm. The size of his hand, the length of his arms, the way that and, – and Jeff Lagerman was the one who said it – that he can get really low in his stance and then turn to either side, which shows you the flexibility for such a big guy, which is what got people all ramped up. Um, but remember also that everyone – I shouldn't say everyone. Lots of people addressed the Walker Little pick and went, What? The guy didn't even play last year. So right. the obvious started sort of looking at it and, and yeah. saying, okay. Well, and that was the obvious yeah. reaction by a lot of folks who were on the practice field is, well, he's not as bad as you might think for a guy who didn't play. Right. And what most people didn't know, because how many people really do their homework anymore, was that this was a guy who, if he had played his sophomore year and probably his junior year, might have been a top half of the first round selection. He was that highly regarded as a prospect. The reason that people are excited is because you see the measurables, but the reality of it is is that if he becomes a star next year, mm-hmm. man, do they have something. It's a great pick then. Do we have the clip of him going into the burning building? Uh, not yet. Okay. I'll get it next week. Max? You, you didn't tell me you wanted that. Okay, gotcha. You know, you got to pre-produce, stuff like that. Next week, I'll get it for you. All Thanks right. A lot. This we don't need an answer on, but I'm going to pose the argument just to be that gal. Who is going to be wide receiver one? This is DJ Chark versus Marvin Jones, and it is going to get interesting. Because everyone says, you got to have the guy. You got to be the guy. And I think we're going to find out. Trevor Lawrence is going to decide this argument of who he is most comfortable with, but you get a lot of questions. Okay, well, who are the Jaguars? Is Julio Jones. I think in training camp we're going to find out who Trevor Lawrence is more comfortable with. But I don't don't know if this gets resolved, and I don't think it has to. Can I redefine your your argument? DJ Chark is the guy who's closest physically to being a number one, right? He's young, he's tall, he's fast, he's got the measurables. Marvin Jones is, what, 31 years old. He's experienced, he's savvy, he knows how to play the game. He knows how the game is played and has played with top quarterbacks before. So Marvin Jones might catch more passes this year because he'll understand how to work to the young quarterback. But that doesn't mean that DJ Chark can't be a one, and he may show you that as well. 
I just don't see Marvin Jones as being the one because mm -hmm. he's never been that guy in his career. Shark shows you that he's got the physical characteristics of being the one, but Marvin Jones could could more fill that role this year. Probably Shark. Again, I agree with you, Slynn. I, I I've always believed that the whole thing about number one has has uh, sort of come into play in the last few years, as you see more talking heads needing topics on national AKA shows, us. and they start talking about <laughs> QB one, and they, I mean, and a, and a wide receiver one. There's usually three receivers on the field in the NFL these days, but the key to your quote top wide receiver is he a guy who forces the defense to play you in a certain way, and is he a guy who forces shading to his side? Do you have to worry about him, or else he beats you? Uh, DJ Chark showed the first step of that in 19. He showed the ability to beat single coverage and make huge plays. Once teams started to double him, he fell off a little bit. Mm -hmm. His next task on the way to that place of being a number one is, is beating doubles and shading more often. Uh, I do think he's the guy on the roster that more teams will game plan for than anybody else in the wide receiver core. So I think he'll be the one. Does he have those numbers? Does he have those performance? I think he's still going there. Marvin Jones will take advantage of the fact that everyone's pointed right. that way. For sure. And he'll look like the one. Marvin Jones hopes that teams think DJ is yeah. the one. Yeah. And Marvin Jones is smart enough, tough enough, experienced enough to be able to take advantage of that situation. Mm -hmm. We haven't even mentioned LaVisca Chanel and what his role will be. So mm -hmm. it's a good problem to have. Again, you, mm -hmm. John talked about depth and we talked about yeah. one in 15. And there, but despite that, there being players on this roster. You've got, you've got a couple of guys out there that you can feel real good about. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right, those are camp battles very, very early on. When we come back, we have some hot, bold takes coming up on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And at Deco, visit adecousa.com. Hi folks, Frank Frangie here to tell you where to find the most authentic Southern Pit Barbecue in all of Jacksonville. That's right, Bono's. For 72 years, Bono's has been smoking real pit barbecue right here on the First Coast. Smoked for hours, served in minutes, and always cut to order. You can find Bono's locations all around town and on game day at TIAA Bank Field. Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. If you don't see a pit, it ain't legit. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides a creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey. Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like.
We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, brought to you by Jet Home Loans. I'm reading our Twitter comments right now, and a fan just asked, Ashlyn, can you bring me $84 million? No, Larry, I will not bring you $84 million. Why would you ask such a thing? I, that's one eighty-four dollars. Can I have eighty-four dollars now? No, you can't have eighty-four dollars. <laughs> Much less eighty-four Cheap. million. <laughs> We're back, and we have some hot takes going into training camp on Wednesday. I'll save mine for last because I think I got a good one. So, Brian. Well, um, so the Tim Tebow story is a big story. Obviously, I mean, it's kind of died down over the summer while they were gone, but. Still, you know, whether I'm speaking at a Rotary Club or whether I'm standing in line at Publix, you know, people want to they want to talk about Tim. However, as we get closer to the start of camp, it will not overshadow Trevor Lawrence. When people see Lawrence out there in charge, in control of the offense, in the way that the team responds to him, the Tebow thing will slide to the side and it will be about Trevor Lawrence. Um, I know that sounds crazy because so many people in this town are so heavily invested in Tim, uh, love Tim Tebow, the person and what he means to the community. I do, too. Um, so it will still be a buzz. And, of course, when the media shows up, you know, there's a sensational uh, aspect to Tim because he's so much bigger than just the sport. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence will be the big story, and it won't even be close. So many people will just look at him and go, okay, now I get it. And that's what you have to remember about the Tebow. You know, I get all kinds of questions. Is he going to be a distraction? Is he going to no. be a problem? Um, when the media comes back in, he'll be discussed yeah. more. But – for the players, it's much more as it's been for the last, what, six weeks when you don't hear that much discussion about Tebow. Because the players, yeah, they're looking on Twitter, but on a day-to-day basis, they're not that worried about what people are talking about once August 6th rolls around. So uh, I agree. It'll, 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 you know, Tim's a fine story. Uh, Trevor's the story. Yeah, and I think it's settled once he got on the team, and now it really won't be a story again. While it will be a conversation point, whether he makes the team or it doesn't make the team. There'll be flashpoints, That's right? the day, The yeah. start of camp, the first day in pads, the first preseason game. There'll be flashpoints. But Trevor is going to be the bright, shining light. And uh, if people doubt that, just wait and watch. Mm-hmm. All right, John, what you got? Um, My hot take is that C.J. Henderson, who – has sort of been forgotten in conversation because he was hurt a lot last year. Uh, it, it just seemed like he never really got going after week one last year. And even in the offseason, they signed Shaquille Griffin, so there's been talk about other guys. He may be the most important defensive player because if he's what he's supposed to be, and he's supposed to be a touch below Jalen Ramsey, you, you know, I mean, a top have the nine. But that kind of player, right? Well, a top nine overall selection at corner is supposed to be a takeaway guy, multiple Pro Bowls. He's supposed to be a build-around guy. Yeah. If he's that, then all of a sudden your secondary goes from being what last year was clearly a liability, um, among many liabilities, to being a strength. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, then all of a sudden it feels like Shaquille Griffin's your top guy. You've got Tyson Campbell, not quite sure what his role, you know, I mean, and I know his role is he's good, but you'd rather have, it, have him as a nickel. Mm-hmm. CJ takeaway guy means their secondary is really, really good. CJ just okay, then I think the secondary is probably just okay. So I think he's really important. I'm kind of excited about him. Uh, I go back to our draft night coverage when he was drafted, and Dan Mullen came on and joined us. And, and I don't know Coach Mullen at all, but, but to sit and listen to him, and I thought he was genuine, and he didn't have to go to the lengths that he did to extol the virtues of a player. 
Not every college coach says, hey, that's the greatest player ever and a great pick. You're going to love it. Lots of them do. But in this case, he made the effort to talk about all the virtues that he saw in C.J. Henderson. Now, I know Mullen and Urban Meyer know each other well. So I'm guessing that when they look at C.J. Henderson, they have a very specific idea of what he's going to be. So I like you. I think he's going to be a very important player. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that when the draft was going on, they had the kid from, uh, from Ohio State that went to Detroit mm -hmm. and, and C.J. Henderson. And those two players were thought to be 1A and 1B. I mean, there were some people that had C.J. Henderson equal, if not even ahead. Depending a better on cover guy, probably not as good an overall Absolutely. Player, so. uh, Jeff, uh, what was his last name? Name escapes me uh, now. Who, uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Ohio State kid. He was clearly number one, but Henderson wasn't far behind. If he's what they think he is, again, we're talking about depth. Safety, wide receiver, running back, offensive tackle. I mean, it, all of a sudden, you've got some guys you can really sort through. The competition level should be much higher. Well, I say this a lot, and I'm a broken record on it, but if you, if you get him as a number one guy, mm -hmm. then you have a lead on all three levels of defense. Yeah. And you have Josh Allen, who I think is going to be elite, Miles, who already is. Then you have, well, now all of a sudden you've got guys at each level who make the other guys on their level better, right. who the other team has to game plan for, which makes other guys better. When you have that, you can build a really good defense. CJ's key to me because I'm I'm sure that I know what Josh and Miles are. Mm -hmm. I don't know yet what CJ is. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt when you have those high draft picks and they hit and they're a success. It didn't hurt at all. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad thing. <laughs> all right, this hot take: Gardner Minshew just changed the game of how we view this quarterback battle. After listening to this podcast that went a little viral over the weekend, it was the Green Light Podcast with Chris Long. I got to be a little careful with my language when I present this, but he basically said he's not going to use the bathroom because number two is not an option going into training camp. <laughs> I credit him. The creativity, oh, man. it is there. Yeah. I, I credit him. I don't envy him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds like a problem, and you need to go figure that out. Anywho, this changes the game because we all figured this was his mindset. He wasn't going to say, yeah, Trevor, just take the job. It's cool. He was going to say, let's compete. But this is his first public stance on this. Now it changes the game because it, we know. Does it? I mean, I, if if the rookie's at his best and Gardner's at his best, is it even a competition? No. Okay. That's our take. That's my take. Yeah. It, it, it's what he should say. And we shouldn't be surprised he said it. Right. It's what any quarterback would say. Uh, you love Gardner for, for finding a creative, if troubling, way to say it. Um, so Now you know why people love him so much. Yeah, so, He's as real as they uh, come. He is. And, again, it's exactly what you should be saying. He should be out there fighting for every inch. Uh, the coaches love it. It's great. I, I, I just hope he feels better soon. <laughs> Let's hope that maybe he has the same mindset with a backup quarterback competition, sure. because that's real. And I hope he brings right. that competitive Without nature to that, because nothing is a done deal. If you're Urban Meyer, you love to hear that, right? You, you love to hear that he is going to come in with that kind of a mindset because he wants his rookie quarterback to feel some pressure. If you're the number one overall pick, and you've got the big house and beautiful wife and the money in the bank and the endorsements lining up for you, now I'm not saying, because I don't know Trevor at all, I'm not saying that that's the mindset, but you have to really work sometimes to get that mindset going about competitiveness. To have a guy like Gardner Minshew behind you kind of nipping at your heels just enhances it. Good. You want your rookie quarterback to feel pressure from a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. it, it certainly helps to have something legitimate there. Uh, 
when you're going out every day yeah. as a rookie to make what the coach is saying sound more believable. Yeah, mm -hmm. and exactly. You know, uh, the, there's nothing bad that can come of Gardner having that mindset so long as if Trevor gets the job, I'm going to say if just out of respect for, <laughs> for Gardner, Come on. Um, stomach. that he can handle it. Mm -hmm. I think he showed good signs. Again, this is all sort of conjecture, but I think he's still here because he's shown them he can. Yeah, getting can his hair tight, uh, not being as out. You know? Yeah. So I think overall, you're not as worried about that, but he can't take that mindset beyond what is reasonable. Yes, it's going to be interesting, and we hope Gardner is okay with his stomach issues. That's all we got to say. Pending stomach issues. We'll wrap with that. All right, when we come back, some AFC South headlines. There is a lot in Houston, Texas this morning, and we got them for you when we come back on Jags Drive Time. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. It's a fact. All cars will eventually break down. If you have CarShield, you can protect yourself from the high cost of auto repairs. And they're America's number one auto protection company. Your transmission, engine, and car's computer system are all covered. Get the ultimate vehicle service protection. Call CarShield now at 800-471-1223. That's 800-471-1223. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash, made fresh, Daly's. Back on Jaguars Drive Time. It is Monday. There are a lot of headlines in the sports world, but nothing as big as this in Houston, Texas. We were planning on already going around the AFC South, and this just worked perfectly because Deshaun Watson has reported to training camp. He still wants to be traded. The Houston Texans have said we are listening to trade offers, but we want three first-rounders to make it fair. I don't blame them. That's a fair ask. Well, he reported because he was going to be fined $50,000 a day. Wow. Uh, so that's the price, right? Because mm -hmm. he steadfastly stayed away and said he would never play for the Texans again. And now we know at $50,000 a day, he's willing to come and play. Um, I guess the, the, the lawsuits aren't going to be settled. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Uh, this year, the question is, because I don't, he's really good. Someone will give you what you want for him. Mm -hmm. But will they, not knowing whether in 2022 he's going to be able to play or not? In other words, you expect that if he settles these, he's still subject to the commissioner's uh, jurisdiction, which could be a eight-game, season-long, whatever, yeah. depending on how severe it looks when the cases are adjudicated. Um, you know, might you trade three first-round picks for him and then not have him for 2022? You don't know. 
someone will take that chance. For sure. Yeah, because I, I figure we'll have him again in 2023. I'm not sure I've ever seen, I shouldn't say ever, because there's always somebody will find a reference. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen a starting quarterback situation so unsettled for for multiple reasons. Do the Texans really want to trade him? Do they really want him? I mean, sure they, they don't. sort of. Well, but in with both the off-field cases, stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe they mean. do. Yeah. Uh, they're not really going to say. Uh, Deshaun definitely doesn't want to play there. But I think the key is what you said. I don't think any team is going to trade three first-round picks for him right now, not knowing what the situation is in the season. So I get questions all the time. Do you think he'll be available for week one? I can't. I think he'll play for the Texans. He'll be property of the Texans. I can't imagine playing week one because all of a sudden we're coming up on what? Seven weeks. Well, That seems fast. If they want to trade him, you don't want him to get hurt. Right. Right. He, in the bubble of whatever the lawsuit issues are, if he's still healthy and they start to resolve them, then you can trade him. But if he tears something up, you're in trouble. Oof. This is going to get tricky. And it heavily impacts the Jaguars yeah. as their week one opponent. So we'll stay tuned to that. Stay tuned with us on Jaguars.com. We have training camp coverage for you all week. We will see you on the field on Thursday.